Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at NewBalance.com. time for another episode of the tc live podcast on the tennis podcast network we're almost wrapping up february the tennis season is picking up we just crowned champions in the australian open i'm mitch michaels here hosting again this week's show joined by now a three-time guest nico Pereira. nico thank you for joining the show (laughs) third time lucky man i really appreciate it thank you it's always a pleasure well, I, uh, I'm really excited, uh, always excited for tennis, but I think the biggest thing that we're kind of getting to is a little more normalcy in the schedule. Like it's February post-Aussie, we got a lot of tournaments going, it's time for you know the tennis nerds like ourselves to really to zone out here and, and really dive into tennis, but we should put a bow on the Australian Open before we get going. Uh, last week, we had a show, uh, myself and Paul Anacone recorded the day of the women's final, where we kind of looked ahead at those two final matchups. And uh, they went pretty much chalk uh, with Osaka and Djokovic, essentially dominating their way to get the titles. For Novak Djokovic, and I want to start with him first, uh, it's now an unprecedented nine Grand Slam titles in Australia, 18 total. Half of his titles, half of his total, Nico, comes down under. And if anything else, not surprised by the result, but the fact that he is essentially keeping that distance between him and the next generation as large as it's been a straight sets dismantling of a guy in Medvedev who hadn't lost in a couple months and had been running roughshod over the top 10 as thorough and impressive a victory in Djokovic's rundown under that we've seen. What surprises me about Djokovic is his, his mental capacity to overcome tough moments uh, against great players. And uh, it's only fair that he made Australia his own after the dominance that Rafa and Roger have o- over Paris and yeah. Wimbledon respectively but his game is just perfect for that surface you know the height of the ball it's it's right there the fact that it's at the start of the year maybe he has that switch i kind of feel rafa needs to be in a clay court groove to like get it's kind of like an engine that needs to rev up a little bit yes yeah um well as we've seen he can get to paris in any <laughs> which way shape or form that month, he, he'll yeah. perform uh, and roger you know with this his slice and his pace and his his control of height uh it, it's custom made for the grass and and knowledge just seems to be you know one of those guys that he can adapt but obviously the uh, conditions in australia suit him very well Tactically, in that match, specifically the final, did anything really surprise you? Just from my untrained eye, I saw him say, all right, Medvedev is a guy that's you know great on the angles, can, can find shots from the corners. Djokovic essentially said, all right, I'm going to keep it in the middle. You're not going to find those angles on me, and I will just wear you down. And again, typical format for Djokovic, wins a late, wins a late first set, and then just kind of gains confidence from there and, and ultimately does wear Medvedev down. Yes, Medvedev surprised me a bit in the letdown. It's understandable considering who he had in front and the consistency that Djokovic showed. Uh, I don't know, Craig Shaughnessy might have something to say about this, but the strategy was brilliant and, and it yeah. worked out that way and it ended up being in Novak's 
probably you know easiest match considering the the circumstance that yeah. uh, that I've seen him play. Yeah, and uh, it just it's fascinating to me that you know you could come in now with momentum. Essentially, we're at a point where until we see it happen, it's going to be hard to believe that it's actually going to. Like Medvedev had all the momentum in the world, had beaten Djokovic before, had all the wins, like we said, over uh, top ten players, but best of five in general and in that slam specifically it's getting to a point where it's kind of like Rafa on clay like until we see it Djokovic is undefeated as the one seed down there he he doesn't lose when he gets quarterfinals on the next generation that has made some steam that has you know had some impressive wins in this tournament I'm at a point now where I'm gonna have to see it to believe it like Djokovic is still on top he's still the apex predator and it looks like he'll be there for for a good long while because the way he has prepared mentally and especially physically you know he's been taking care of his body in 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 a way that uh, uh it's ahead of its time and i feel that looking at what roger has done how, how long rafa has endured with his style of play that novak is is looking at you know five six years at at how he speak physically and who knows where those numbers will get to but I, i'm one of those that i, I People love talking about this, but I just, you know, consider myself lucky to have lived uh, this this period, and and I I enjoy tournament by tournament. We're gonna get to Roger and Rafa a little later, a little later but you're right on that. Uh, it just seems like he's gonna have more cracks at at seriously racking up Grand Slams. It is funny to to believe that in 2002, after that U.S. Open where Pete Sampras got his 14th title, to think now that less than 20 years later. There'd be four guys that just raced right past him. It's uh, pretty insane. Uh, looking at you know the rest of the tournament on the men's side, Nico, there were some other impressive moments, some other storylines. You have Karatsev coming from little, literally obscure <laughs> to a semifinal in his first Grand Slam. And you have another semifinalist in Tsitsipas who you know, fell flat in the final in the semifinal against Medvedev, but he beat Nadal down two sets to love, which rarely ever happens. So there were some other storylines in this tournament. I was excited. What really stood out to you on the men's side, uh, aside from Djokovic's dominance, of course? Well, yeah, Karatsev, uh, oh, it, it, it's what catches my eye. It, it, it's the uh, unusual, the most unusual circumstance in, in, in the whole tournament. Uh, what I, I've seen a few of those through the years, you know, mm -hmm. Ferkerk, if I remember correctly, in, in Roland Garros. We, we, we've had a few. I would like to see him maintain that level. I mean, somebody that comes in out of the blue without many wins and and breaks through in that way with that on that field. And to beat the guys he beat. Like exactly. It like on, he, that yeah, with, yeah. With, on that field. He, yeah. He's not like, you know, players were dropping out in front of him. No, he, he was beating them. And uh, I would like to see him continue that. that that's what I'm curious about. I think Sitsapas, just to kind of talk about him, the match against Nadal showed that he definitely has a, a lot of heart and he does dig in when he's down because that completely flipped in a third set tiebreaker. He now has wins in Australia over Federer and Rafa. He's you know beaten just about everybody outside of the Grand Slam sphere. Still obviously very young. You just feel like he's right on the verge of putting it together. Like he just... He has big wins. He has a game. It both his forehand and his backhand are great, and his serve is big. I, I actually almost feel like he's still growing. He might be 6'5 now, but he's someone that I think, you know, is just quite there. Like, he hasn't fully gotten over that hump, but it's getting closer. 
Well, I was courtside for that Federer win, and it was impressive the way he defied the personality he had in front of him. He doesn't care. You know, mm-hmm. he, he's of Greek descent, but he has the Russian mother, so he's got that <laughs> thing going on yeah. in his head, that irreverence in a way, yeah. that Latin flavor from, from the Greek side. And, <laughs> and, and then I just think he's grown, as you've mentioned, physically. He's a, a very strong. If you sit behind him, when he's even when he's warming up, and you see he has a very heavy racket, and his ball is just penetrating. You know, it's, it's a hard, hard shot. And then the belief in his eyes since since he was a kid, you know, he he's not shy about believing in, in himself. Uh, so, some uh, someone very close to the tennis world said, if there is one thing he is not is is humble. Uh, but I, you know, I, I've <laughs> yeah. had good experiences with with right. with uh, Mr. Sitsipas. Uh, and then when I saw. To be precise on on this match against Rafa, one I, I feel Rafa tightened up in, in his back in the third set. Uh, I could see it in his movement. Then he tried to loosen up. He will never admit it because Rafa is is awesome at that. And but yes, credit to Sitsipas. He's been working on improving his mentality, and you could see it in his eyes. He was trying to maintain uh, a, a flat line in terms of not getting too high and and not getting too low. I think it worked for him against against a guy like Rafa, you know, and he did. If you look at the end, he did not even really celebrate like he's done in the past, and it's certainly not uh, with a with a sizable win like that. Beating Rafa anywhere, it's 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 something yeah. to to really behold. So so I think he kept his emotions in check, and if he manages to 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 keep going that way, definitely. No, he's a guy that has made strides towards winning his first big one. After he lost the U.S. Open match to Chorich the way he did, like I'm serious, I thought it was going to take him a lot longer to put that to bed. But you kind of have to be a little bit crazy to, you know, compete at this level and to believe that you're going to be able to beat a guy like Rafa uh, down two sets going into that tie break. So I'm with you there. Uh, it was a fun tournament uh, on the men's side, the women's side. I think it can be summarized as this. We saw Naomi Osaka just plant her flag in the ground like, I'm the best player on this tour, regardless of what the rankings say. Four grand slams now. And still at just 23 years of age her at herself, Nico, well, we're at a point where this reign doesn't really appear to have an end in near sight. She could get to that point now where she starts collecting slams and it wouldn't shock many people. Well, that's, that's what this win points to. Is there a new sheriff in town? Uh, definitely, but but I think the deputies are are, are pretty close. You, know, mm-hmm. you, you have Halep that on the clay could be hard to beat. I think Naomi has issues moving on the clay. Right, it's something that she has to to yeah. work to work towards. Uh, I would like to see Muguruza put it together. Definitely, that uh, was the toughest match she had. Yeah. Was that Muguruza? That was, that was a good match. So, so I, I, I like that rivalry. I think that is that would be a healthy rivalry, just because of the, the contrast in 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 cultures. I think Naomi has grown uh, in terms of of the way she's communicating, you know, because she seemed to be a person that was feeling a lot, but was not able to express a lot, at least to the level that. I can hear her, uh, but she seems like a very, you know, funny person. Has a great sense of humor. Is very open-hearted, and I just feel that with the wins, that self-confidence, it's it's 
pouring out and that could be something that leads right. her to greatness because she will be able to express herself i saw her a lot looser on the court and and she is very very powerful and she has a, been able to to capture uh, that power and, and and control it for her benefit sometimes she was just overhitting her, herself to to a loss and i think she has controlled that that muguruza match we've all known that for lack of a better word Naomi has a ton of sizzle in her game, but saving those match points true that there are some, you know, some real stake there, some real toughness that she could grind out in key moments. There is something about her, especially now, like I agree, the progression in her, you know, maturity in her game in major finals, she is at another level. Like she talks about reveling in the fact that, Hey, no one remembers second place. It's just the first loser. So um, I'm with you there, but yeah, there's a new sheriff in town on the hard courts we know tennis is played on multiple surfaces, so Wimbledon and Clay uh, are going to pose some different things. But I thought it was a fun uh, Australian Open for the women. Jen Brady making the final uh, was a phenomenal story as well. And you saw the the upsets and the uh, you know the the moments in, in that game and in that in this tournament that really make tennis uh, enjoyable. I thought tennis will show you like we've been beating the drum over. It did a great job, and the players bought in, and we got a level tennis from the start. Yeah, my good friend. Craig Tiley, I've known since his, his college days, and he, he aged a bit in in the last three months. So <laughs> it seemed but, like a great job, yeah. fantastic. The whole Tennis Australia structure, all the the people, it's a huge, uh, it's a huge undertaking, and they did it successfully. And I like the fact that they include the ex players; they really play a role. You know, mm -hmm. Paul Kildare does does a great job there. Although, uh, John Fitzgerald, it's it's involved. Wally Masur, uh, Todd Woodbridge, everybody. So it, it, it's they have that flavor of people who have been in and around tennis in, in many ways, and 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 you can see yeah. that that that's where it came. But in terms of of Jen Brady that that you mentioned, I had been following her because I was at the Greenbrier for the World Team Tennis and spent three weeks there, and I was able through Craig Carden, that was that was one of the captains also. Um, to live, you know, how the players were dealing with this pandemic. And, and, and Jen is, you know, she took the the step to go and train in Germany with Michael Gesserer, who used to play at my time. He coached Julia Gerges to the top 10. Mm -hmm. and, and then the, 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 the audacity of Jen to go outside the box and s search him out. And, and, and then the evolution through the summer of how she was playing last year and then to come this year and, and go to the finals in a slam is just fantastic to watch. Introducing Coco Golf's signature shoe, more than just a tennis shoe. It's a fusion of 90s inspired style and cutting edge performance technology with its sleek mid-cut silhouette. It's designed to enhance speed and power on the court. The multi-piece upper construction delivers high energy return for players of all levels. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, the Coco CG1 empowers you to dominate the game. Learn more and purchase the Coco CG1 at newbalance.com. More with Nico Pereira on the TC Live podcast and the Tennis Podcast Network. Uh, some other thoughts of players getting into this week. We mentioned the women's game has an has a 500 level event in Adelaide, which is another great thing that the tour has done. Uh, one of the players that struggled in Aussie and then struggled a little bit in Adelaide is your role number one, Ash Barty, who, you know, did a lot last year or two years ago, I should say, when she got to number one, won the French Open title, won Miami. And uh, has not played tennis, which 
getting the reps in is, is important to anybody, Nico. But I would say, you know, no disrespect, and I don't mean this in a, in a, in a bad way at all, but she was someone that had to kind of play herself into that level. Like she got her reps in. It was a slow process to get to number one and to win a major. I feel like her lack of reps, maybe more than most players, is really hurting her. I think she's even said the schedule going forward is going to be a challenge for her. And I do have some concerns with how she's going to get her reps in and try to maintain that elite level. Listen, I have no concerns about Ash Barty. She's epitome of, of an athlete. and mm -hmm. She's well-centered. She proved it when she was being successful at the doubles stage but not at the singles and she decided to go cricket on us and she was a <laughs> champion and then came back and did what she did she's centered and and i'm one of those that that thinks that that uh yes tennis is is, is not all right. right there are other many things much more important and i think she she has her priorities straight she talked about the the reason she didn't travel during the pandemic because it was not only her it's about the team and yeah. i buy into all of that and and i think she will get to her level she She's concerned about being the best human being she can be. I don't really know what's going on in her life, but she's certainly yeah. having a time. You see her lifting golf trophies and 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 anything she does, she she puts right. a lot of thought into it, and she she she'll be fine. Let's let's put it that way. But I don't think she's at her best. You're right. Great win for Danielle Collins. A pity that she had to retire in, uh -huh. in the next round. But uh, Ash Barty is doing fine. Right. I, I just to be clear, I have no concerns with her as a player, uh, as a person specifically. It's just I want to, you know, hopefully get to see her play. I understand why you know she hasn't in the past, and I think my only concern is that she picks up too many sports she's good at. <laughs> so it's like she'll just find something else to play and dominate at. But no, uh, Barty is uh, you know someone that's getting back into the swing of things, and it's going to be tough. Nico, similar with uh, Andrescu, who. Look, just hasn't had the reps. I mean, she can play, especially on hard court, at a level with anyone. But she's admitted herself. She, it's going to take time. She needs to, the only way you're really going to get better and get back to that level is to play tennis. And that process is just starting. So it will be a little rocky at first. Yeah, but that's what we were talking about before, about Naomi Osaka being the new sheriff in town. But then she has There's a the deputies, party. Yeah. She, she has Halib. Kenan, I don't think it's quite there yet. You have you know some good. Don't count out Serena Williams. I no. mean, she you know she looks trimmer. Yeah, uh, she's moving better. She just and, got beat. Uh, by, she and, just and got I, beat by a better player. I mean, I, I, I think, think her level was great. That, it was wait, just you know. No, you have Andrescu. If if she gets back into things, Benchic played well, uh -huh. and she she's only twenty three. She's been at it for for a long right. time. You have Jen Brady. You have Vika Sarenka. We talked about Muguruza. And Iga Schweitek. Schweitek. Yeah. So, so um, it looks, to me, the, the playing field is it's much more level than the, in the WTA. And that's another reason why I think it's been harder for Serena to get 24. The field's pretty deep now, too. You're not having, you know, you have a lot of young talent that's all kind of rounding into form. Uh, I agree with you. And I'm glad you brought up uh, some of those names. Belinda Bench is in the final. She beat Coco Goff to get there in a semifinal, another three-set match. I want to mention Coco for a second because she makes her first 500-level semifinal. She does it in extraordinary fashion, having to qualify, winning a couple three-set matches, beat Shelby Rogers in, in one heck of a tennis match, and uh, is starting to, I, get, I guess, dare I say, get match tough. We knew the raw ability was there, but this is somebody now that is 
grinding out wins, playing long hours on court, and finding a way to make a difference in those little points that you know determine the outcome of matches. I think this is you know a real important step in whatever she becomes. We're all expecting great things, but this is an important step for Coco Golf. We're all witnessing. Well, I was lucky enough this week to to call some of those matches, and and Coco is is impressive in in the way she behaves. She's couple of weeks short of being 17 <laughs> believe it or not and the only time she did something similar was in in 2019 i believe in october where she won a tournament after qualifying she won seven matches against tough opposition um but watching her play she still has those batches of unforced errors uh that she will have to overcome but she has those batches of brilliance where nobody can touch her. So I compare her a lot to, to Venus Williams in her style of play. Her backhand is just pristine. The forehand, sometimes it flies off because her I believe her arm is too far away from the body. But the serve, it's not consistent. It's very good serve. There's still too much of a difference between first and second. When mm -hmm. she misses the first, yeah. her opponents are able to get it. But... She's 17, man. Come on. So, it's all, so you, you said <laughs> yeah. the word, match yeah. tough. The problem with her, she plays a lot better when she's behind. And, and it is crazy and that she, she has loses to, a lot of first sets. Yeah, and, you know, yeah. that, that's a good point. Uh, still, we should point out, we'll be 17 uh, next month, is still the youngest player in the top 350. So we're, we're talking that's like amazing. nobody else on her level at all at her age. Important to note. Um, and, and look, even young players, youthful players are going to get tired and it's going to catch up with you. The Benchich match, Benchich is another like top 10 level player. So no shame in losing to her. I was impressed. I think, look, movement on the tennis court, it's special. Like she just is, is an elite level athlete there. And I'm excited to, uh, to see where it goes. This tournament's been fun because you get Benchich who somebody else that is actually still relatively young. You feel like she's been around forever, but she's still, you know, early to mid twenties Placing, placing, uh, taking place uh, the final of the night against Swiatek, who, you know, under the radar, Nico, you brought her up when we were talking about deputies and potential, uh, you know, contenders for another Grand Slam title. She won the French Open, dominating her way to victory. Showing herself to be a pretty capable and pretty good hardcore player, too, during this run. Halep three sets in Australia, pushing her, and then now making the final of a 500 level. There is no question about her power, her movement, her defense, her all-court play. But my question is is the emotional stability for Schwantek. She's a powerful player at 19, which is impressive uh, to be able to compete with those proven champions like Serena, like Halep, like Muguruza, like Osaka already. Uh, but her challenge is going to be emotional, I feel. She, she talked about it openly in the French Open because she, not out of nowhere because she, she had been getting results, but she had not ha won a tournament. Yeah. And to win the French Open without dropping a set quite handedly, the way she beat Cannon in the final, she was not overcome with emotion. She did not show a doubt. She hasn't this week uh, also playing in Adelaide. Um, but she needs to be emotionally stable in order to perform. And, and I can't wait to, to witness that. And, and, and I am enjoying it thoroughly, you know, watching her play.
it's a heck of a final bench. It's in Swiatek, oh, yeah. so it should be pretty exciting. Uh, the men are, are in two different tournaments. We want to just mention as well Montpellier in France and in Singapore, each with different storylines. Each you know regular tour stops. Uh, Montpellier. We uh, appear to maybe be heading for a final showdown of the top two seeds, Roberto Batista Gut and David Gofan. Gofan, who has been kind of regaining his form after some a tough couple of months, really a year, uh, with his game. But I got to talk to you about Batista Gut because he took on another rising star in the ATP, Hugo Umber, and beat him pretty handily. Roberto Batista Gut Nico might be the most slept on, underappreciated guy on tour. The guy is just so consistent with his game and. He is another one that will just wear you down with by how solid he is out there. Well, that's the way he likes it. You know, there is a big Spanish armada. He he hangs out with them from time to time, but he's one of the, he's not one of the guys in in the sense that you know he, they they reach out to each other. He's completely content in his farm with his horses. He's a horse lover, so oh, that cowboy, that, yeah, that kind of <laughs> explains it. He, he likes it very relaxed. Uh, the next player, good friend of mine, Tomas Carbonell, helps him out. From time to time, but he's you know he's his own guy. They play. Talk about the play. He has improved tremendously. He's very fast side to side. Not afraid to come in and finish up the point, but his strength is really counter punching down the line with his flat shots, and his legs allow him to do that. So he's a player I really enjoy watching. Have done so for for many years, but let's not get ahead of ourselves with that <laughs> Gofan matchup. But if it happens, yeah. It, Check it out. Yeah, I, I've just been impressed because he's not a household name, as you said. And uh, even in majors, he can perform well in best of five because you said he has the cardio, he has the stamina, and he can counterpunch with the best of them. I'm really happy for uh, GoFan as well because he's had his, his ups and downs. And he's somebody that, you know, not long ago was one of the next cusp guys that was, you know, pushing top 10. So we'll see. I mean, we'll see. That could be a fun one as well. Uh, Singapore, I want to get your thoughts on that because. Looks like we got signs of life for Marin Cilic. He, he won a he won a thrilling three set match over Quan recently, and another guy who's been through the ringer with injuries, with just wear and tear on his body, and former Grand Slam champion Marin Cilic, uh, you know, into the semis in Singapore, looking to do big things. Yes, he he's been unfortunate with with the injuries in in this latter part of of, of his career, but. Unfortunately, his his mentor, his coach Bob Brett, passed, and yeah. uh, and I think that that kind of uh, unfortunately, but it kind of brought the fire maybe back into him. I don't know because I don't know him personally. I s spoken to him a couple of times when he was working with Gonan, especially. But I'm glad to see it. You know, he he got he's 32. He he just had a his first baby. New things, new priorities. And he was a bit overweight, I feel, but I like what I saw this week or what I'm seeing this week from from him. And I look forward to it. He's one of those gentle giants, Grand Slam champion, uh, you know, fantastic, uh, great guy from from what I hear. And I wish him the best. I knew and admired Bob Brett, so I know yeah. what he meant to him. And um, and that is this is part of the great Bob Brett's uh, legacy. 
He gets Popper next, an exciting young player in the semis. Uh, the other semi is uh, Albert and Bublik. W- what are your quick thoughts on Alexander Bublik? There's, there's a lot going on with his there, game. There is a lot to think about <laughs> yeah. Bublik. I think he's a guy coming into his own. Yeah. You know, he's, He was all over the place, obviously a great athlete, very talented, can create a lot of powers. He's he's a Russian curious, you know, better behaved, I think. Uh, genius. I would put him in the genius category. But I think he's trying to bottle it up in order to be more organized. And if he manages to do that, there is plenty of, of growing uh, space there. I enjoy watching him. And, and he's, he's another young buck. You know, I, We have a lot of 21 to 24-year-olds that are going to be around for the next 15 years. So it's a matter of you know picking your yeah. favorites and, and enjoying the ride. Whether it's flair or machismo, cockiness, it's not a bad thing in tennis. I, I don't like you to need see it. this. Yeah. Champions need it. Yeah. You know, and it's a fine line between yeah. between believing in yourself and, and looking cocky. You have to find yeah. the right message nowadays with the media. The media is so intrusive that that yeah. uh, that it's a hard thing. I give the players a lot of credit to be able to perform on top of all the obligations that that they yeah. have. And you see it in social media. You know, you you, you don't want to expose yourself too much. No. And I look at what happened to Tsitsipas as soon as he stopped. I don't know if it was physical or if it was technical, but as soon as he stopped with his presence, his massive presence in the media, he shot up the rankings and started winning the big matches. So so I think you it depends on, on, on the personality of each player. But uh, I think tennis is in a good space right now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Nico Pereira on the TC Live podcast. Uh, we're going to wrap up this week's show talking about what's in store for the next couple weeks. And uh, Rotterdam's coming up. Top two players, uh, two of the top players, I should say, going in different directions as far as this week goes. We're going to see Federer for the first time in over a year. But Rafa won't be there. Rafa releasing a statement saying that essentially his back has been having issues, which we all suspected. He found a temporary solution during AO, didn't get into specifics there, but said ultimately it's not in his best interest to play and and does miss playing this event because uh, it is well-liked on tour among the top guys. Uh, But no Rafa. So this is where we go into what we were talking about. He kind of knows where his bread's buttered. He wants to gear up for the clay court season. I can't say I'm completely shocked. I obviously love to watch Rafa play, but he's making the right decision for his career and specifically for this year. It's all about Roland Garros. That's mm-hmm. it. You know, he, he doesn't need any more accolades. Uh, Djokovic is way ahead. Actually, this week, if Medvedev performs, might pass him. Yeah, number and, two. And reach number two. He, he, I think, you know, most likely the week later. But let's not speculate on that. Uh, let's speculate on Roger playing again. I mean, I can't wait. And we're going to have plenty of Roger the next few weeks. And the fact that the guys want to go to Rotterdam, it's, it's because Richard Krejcik is, is the tournament director. And I have a funny story about this. I, oh, let's I, was, hear it. I was playing, I went to play Rotterdam and Richard was uh, young, 17. I've known Richard since he's 10. And um, just winning, his name was, was the tournament director. And Richard was, 
very upset that he did not get the wild card for the main draw in his place because he was one of the top juniors and he was, you know, grumpy and mumbling about how he was never going to play the tournament again yeah. and, and look at him for 30 <laughs> years later and, and the guy's the tournament director That's and awesome. they became best of friends and it, it's just a, a fantastic story but he does a great job there Richard was is one of those guys that I want to see involved in tennis for many years to come if you want to get tennis players to get irritated quick just bring up the wild card topic and then that'll <laughs> just <laughs> then everything will start coming out but no uh Roger coming back I'm excited too. Just can't wait to see what he, what level he's at. Because as we were kind of mentioning before we started, um, his fitness guy, Pierre Paganini, who he's been working with forever, a Swiss guy who has a great reputation uh, on tour and in the Swiss camp, he said we basically had to start from the beginning with Roger. We had to build back up uh, his level as an elite athlete. And it wasn't really something he had said before. He had the major knee surgery in 2016. It's a 39-year-old guy uh, and the best ambassador for this sport or any sport that there is, but you know, we got to have real concerns until we see it, what kind of level and what kind of movement specifically he's going to have. Listen, I have no concerns for Roger okay. Federer. He's, he's, he's fine. He's playing because of the love of the sport. As long as he can keep the family traveling together and I'm sure he's going to make the effort to get there. But listen, if there is somebody that you don't have to worry about, it's, it's Roger Federer. But in terms of tennis, it's going to be interesting to see what he expects of himself on the court. That's going to really tell us something. You know, when you put those close-ups, when he's playing the match and he's at the tough stage, I, I want to see how he reacts now yeah. at his age. After that long layoff, that's, this is probably the third long layoff that, that, he's, that he's had. Uh, uh, and it's been almost a year, not the same at 32, 33, then, or even at 35, than at this stage. But uh, that's what makes it so interesting. Yeah, he played this tournament uh, to get the number one ranking a few years ago. And when he announced that he was playing, it sold out immediately. So they're going to love to see him there. Unfortunately, no Rafa. But the field is insanely loaded. And that's part of players want to get matches in and want to play. So this is not going to be your average 500-level tournament. This is going to be great tennis from start to finish. It never is. <laughs> and the atmosphere is fantastic. Rotterdam really dresses up for for this event. And I uh, remember, I think I played the first or second Event there, it's just a, a great tennis town, and and the, the energy from the crowd, you know, it's it's contagious. And I hope they have a successful event, and that we see great level tennis. The boys want to play, you know, and and the women, you know, they they really yeah. want to go out there and perform. Again, shout out to uh, Richard Krychek for putting it together. Although he, as a kid, he made me a little sad when he beat Sampras in that Wimbledon. That was. Uh, <laughs> that was it was a little sad moment for me, but no, he puts on a great tournament uh, for sure. Uh, Nico Pereira, blast talking to you. Uh, one final note, we should give props uh, to the Hall of Fame class. It's going to yep. be Leighton Hewitt and the original nine going in as a unit, the, the ladies that started the WTA tour and were pioneers for women's sports, going into the Hall of Fame with Rusty Leighton Hewitt, two-time Grand Slam champion. Pretty cool. Yeah, I, I'm very involved with, with the Hall of Fame. I really like and enjoy the people there actually i feel honored to 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 partake uh you know with with that group stan smith is one of my idols and what a gentleman and he chairs he's the president and he's he's everything you want as as a figurehead for that and then you have todd martin who, who what else can you ask you know one of the great gentlemen of of this game and 
he's you know the CEO of, of the Hall of Fame and they have a great group of people. I believe that is a project that is, is going to flourish in this next few years. And uh, to talk about the class, I don't know why, why the nine were not there before. Uh, they should have been there a long time ago. And I'm glad that they did, that they are, and, 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 and deservedly so, and it's fantastic for tennis. Then you have Dennis Vandermeer, the teacher of teachers. You know, what a gentleman. What a, They're out in Hilton Head, what he did for many years, the class that he did it with, the people under his, his family tree of, of tennis uh, teachers is fantastic. Look it up if you can. And then Leighton Hewitt. There was a bit of a discussion there because he's still playing some doubles here and there, <laughs> but it's a shoo-in, uh, he's a shoo-in uh, first ballot Hall of Famer. You know, there were other candidates. There were, there were other great candidates uh, that didn't get in this year, but they'll, they'll be in the ballot. And then we have the 2020 class with, uh, with Goran and Conchita, two, two great people, oh, yeah. and they're going in also in the summer. But the best news is that Todd is very optimistic that the event is going to happen in Newport. So, awesome. so Todd, awesome. if you listen, if you're listening, Todd, I want to make my way to Newport, Todd. <laughs> Hook him up. <laughs> Hook him up. Go yeah, to the yeah. Viking Hotel. Yeah. Give him uh, that week long it's, tour. It's one of my, my favorite places to go, picturesque place. I loved, you know, the, the pier there and, and the atmosphere and, and, and the Tennis Hall of Fame. Go check it out. If you're a tennis lover, go to that place. Go see the sites. It's growing and, and it's something that it should be taken more into account. I, we seriously believe that, that being a Hall of Famer, in tennis should should be more recognized universally in, in the states it is uh, but i think it should travel should be a traveling thing and it should be more uh, more publicized and that's what uh, we'll hopefully achieve in the next few years we got a great hall of fame class and uh it's a prestigious organization check it out if you can congrats to all the nominees nico thanks for coming on more tennis coming up. You're now an official regular, I think, on this show. So that's a status not to take lightly. Always a pleasure. <laughs> that's the, one of the, the privileges of being easily available, you know. That's true. Uh, calling matches in Singapore yeah. at those times, it, it, it frees up your day. So thank you very much, Mitch. Nico Pereira on the TC Live podcast. We'll be back next week for another episode. Check out all the podcasts on tennis.com slash podcasts. I'm Mitch Michaels. This was the TC Live podcast. We'll see you next week.